You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast and news update. And as always, please remember to follow Locked On Texans on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, Spotify, and you can argue that sports.com. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my boy. John, some sports got Hickman on this Turned Up Tuesday, where we have a couple of interesting discussions to talk about today. But before we get into that, we definitely hope everybody Monday was, you know, very good to start off the week. And Tuesday is, you know, the same. You know, we really want this week and the rest of the week, especially heading up to the draft, to be the best week possibly for everybody that listens to the show. You know, we had a guest on yesterday, had a couple of guests in the last few weeks. We've been bringing in a lot of guests just to make sure that we spice up the show a little bit. And that's what we're going to do today with a conversation that I have. I thought it'd be interesting to discuss whether or not the Texans should eventually look at trading J.J. Watt or not in the future, or will he be a Texan retiree? So I thought that would be something to discuss because – We've seen Andre Johnson get traded off. We've seen what we know about DeAndre Hopkins. We know about DeAndre Hopkins and Mario Williams, Arian Foster, who ended his great career in Miami after suffering injuries and how that turned out here in Houston. So J.J. Watt, who has had some injury seasons that has kept him out four seasons or 15 games, which is really a full season. You know, I'm starting to think to myself that he will retire a Texan, but why? So that's one thing I wanted to discuss today. But before moving on, I have some not terrible news, but it's semi-sad news for the people who are holding on to a little bit of hope that this trade might get recalled. Former Texans, now soon to be Cardinal wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, passed his physical on yesterday. So you know what that means. This trade is about... 75% completed as of right now. There is still no word yet on the physical of David Johnson. Um, That seems like the only thing that's still holding this trade back, but half of the trade is done. DeAndre Hopkins has passed his physical. Yeah, you know, and I thought it'd be funny to just think about what would happen if David Johnson does not pass his physical and the trade is rescinded and he's back in Houston. Hopkins is back in Houston. How awkward would that be? I mean, they would have to trade him. (laughs) Like, I I don't see him playing for this team with with everything that has taken place in the last few weeks. Yeah, most definitely not, because only due to the fact that if this trade gets rescinded one way, shape, or another, then you're looking at a situation where Bill O'Brien and the Texans, they're going to have to settle for a trade worse than the original deal that they did with the Arizona Cardinals, only due to the fact that they would be in a position where they will have no kind of leverage. And, hey, 
Crazy things has happened in the past. I'm not under the belief that the relationship between Bill O'Brien and, and DeAndre Hopkins is salvageable just due to the fact that everything that has been said ever since this trade went down. And while we're on DeAndre Hopkins, I wanted to let everybody know that he has played with a plethora of quarterbacks not named Deshaun Watson, one of which Brock Osweiler. And not too long ago via Instagram Live, you know, he was discussing about what he could do. And this is what he said. If I could do it with Brock Osweiler, I could do it with anybody. And not only could you do it with Brock Osweiler, you also deal with Bill O'Brien. Now you're going to Colin Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, and he's supposed to be this big offensive guru. It will be interesting to see him in that system. So just one more last goodbye as he passes physical. Now we are awaiting David Johnson. So throughout the day, I was just kind of thinking of ideas to do to discuss on today's show. You know, we know the draft is coming up, the virtual draft, and as the draft get closer, then we can really, really focus and, you know, zero in on what the Texans will do at the 40th pick. Picking in the second round when you did not have a first-round pick, it's always difficult to just say they're going to go get this player. You really have to narrow it down to a few players. But defensively, I think that's where we're going to go. Now, the question that I have is, will the Texans eventually at some point look at J.J. Watt, look at the money that they have to pay him over the course of the next couple seasons and think to themselves, we got to get out of this. Everything that he's done for this city, the hurricane, as a leader in this community, as a leader on this team, as one of the best players in the NFL of this past decade, three-time defensive player MVP, is it time to move on? Now, if I would have to answer that question from what how I look at it, is it time? I think after this season, you would be able to tell if it is truly time or not. And honestly, that is just being generous because you can tell last season that it was time to move on. I think he really did, you know, something special in that playoff with that huge sack to turn the game around. That gave him an extra boost in my mind to say, well, he can stick around one more year. But I think eventually they, they have to start looking at options of moving on from him. And I don't think it'll come via trade. I think it'll come via release. But at some point, if J.J. Watt, you know, does not come back this season and give between eight or ten sacks, considering his age and injury history, the Texans should move on. You've moved on from Andre Johnson when it was time for him to move on, rightfully so. Arian Foster, Dwayne Brown, now DeAndre Hopkins, Mario Williams, uh, D'Amico Ryans. I can keep going on and on. What really makes J.J. Watt different from these other guys? Well, simple. He is the true embodiment of what Bob McNair wanted the Houston Texans to represent, right? Like Bob McNair and Janice McNair have been documented, well-documented of how much they believe in community service, charity, giving back to the community, so on and so forth. What J.J. Watt did when the hurricane hit, also with his resume of having three defensive MVPs under his belt, that is 
more than enough you can ask from for your franchise player. And I get that. I really do, which is why I think what I would do would be a release. But what I think moving forward is the Houston Texans will definitely retire him as a Texan, which is why it's very imperative that if they're going to continue to do that, if that's what the McNairs and we know players and coaches and front office and, and owners talk all the time, which is why it was very hard for Robert Kraft to see Tom Brady go because over the course of 20 years, Robert Kraft had in his mind, this is like my son. He will retire a patron. He's not going to go anywhere. So it's hard to see those players go because, you know, you have those conversations of just always staying with one team, like a Tim Duncan, like a Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. But at some point, if you are going to stick to that, then at number 40, you have to, have to, have to, not only at 40, but in the entire draft, you have to make sure you are bringing in valuable assets to really pick up what J.J. Watt is no longer able to give you. Let me just say this. I'm with you under the fact that the Texans will go after an edge rusher in this year's draft. And I, and I kind of feel that it's going to be the type of player that's going to succeed J.J. Watt whenever he finished playing his last game. However, you are wrong when you say the Houston Texans should release J.J. Watt. I get what you were saying, and I'm with you. Um, they should start considering parting ways with Watt. But to throw away one of the best defensive ends that this league has ever seen for nothing will be absolutely stupid on the Texans' part. Yes, J.J. Watt is going to be 30 two years old at the end of next season. You're talking about a guy who has put a lot of mileage on his body, but he has proven time and time again this year alone, and I'm pretty sure we're going to see it again next year, that he can still be a valuable piece to a team. Rather, that's a team that's rebuilding, where he can step in and be a veteran, which, I mean, at this point in his career, I don't see him playing that role. But if you're looking at a team, let's say, unfortunately, I hate to say this, like the Arizona Cardinals, let's say if they feel they are one piece away from winning a championship on that defensive side. I can see the Texans making a move to somebody like a up-and-coming team who feel like they're a one piece away. You can get something back in return for a guy like Watts. You can't just throw away a talent like that by just releasing him. I'm pretty sure it don't matter how old he gets. If J.J. Watt proves this year or the year after, that he can still ball out when it's time for him and the Texans to make that 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 heart-wrenching conversation of them parting ways, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Viva Trade and not just, okay, we don't need your services no more. We're going to just release you. This is what I'm saying. Next This year, he is due to make $15 million, $15.5 million. Mm-hmm. Next year, he is due to make $17.5 million. And you mentioned that to part ways with him for nothing would be stupid for nothing would be the time spent in Houston thus far and not making it to an AFC title game for nothing would mean making it. If the three defensive players you got under your belt, everything you've done and your franchise not being able to adequately put a full franchise together and every other team in the AFC South has made an AFC title game. That's for nothing. And 
$17.5 million at 32 years old after three injuries, after three big injuries when you miss a full season twice. That really means something. And J.J. Watt is one of the greatest defensive ends that we've seen in the last 20 years, no doubt about it. Like, that's not even a question. And to have him play for Houston, that amplifies it even more, at least for me, outside looking in, because I love J.J. Watt and his game. It's a true blue-collar, go-to-work type of guy. I mean, that's what he, that's why we all root for him. He's an everyday kind of guy, it feels like. He goes goes to work, he, he works his tails off and, and get things done. But the reality of it is, if the Texans want to retain him, there has to be, A, some reconstruction going on because he's going to make $17.5 million next year. And if he goes out and this year has to you have to pay him $15.5 million and he misses eight games or he's not able to give you eight to ten sacks and you have not still put a contingency plan around him like you did in 2014 with the number one draft pick that you traded away last year for a bag of chips and two pickles, then the for nothing isn't on J.J. Watt's part for his entire Houston Texan career. The for nothing is for the Houston Texans not doing justice by him. He's done justice by Houston, right? Look at everything he's done in return, just like Andre Johnson, just like those two great years Matt Schaub had, which you could say that was one of the years when they should have drafted, I'm not drafted, uh, went after Peyton Manning instead of saying Matt Schaub was our guy. You had Peyton Manning who went on to win a Super Bowl, and then Peyton Manning would have had that Houston Texans defense that following year that was, I think was number two or three in the league with J.J. Watt wrecked havoc, and Jonathan Joseph was a stud. Maybe you could have won a Super Bowl then, but you did the same thing with Andre Johnson, Arian Fawcett, Dwayne Brown, D'Amico Ryans, Mario Williams, now DeAndre Hopkins. You don't do justice by them by winning, and that's the business of the game. So when it's all time said and done and it's time to make a decision whether or not you want to move forward, who's going to trade for him? You can only trade for him if, A, that he's still under contract. Nobody's going to pick him up at 32 years old and pay him $17.5 million unless you pay half that salary. That's number one. And then either you release him or he's just going to walk in free agency because he has, he will be able to control his own destiny for the first time, at least at that point in over 10 years. That's what I'm saying. And you have not done justice by him by making sure that there's something to play for all the time. The Jags made it to the AFC title game with Blake Borders as their quarterback. Titans first year with Ryan Tannehill, they made it last year. We know what uh, Andrew Luck was able to do. Come on, man. The for nothing, Cody, which I understand where you're coming from, but the for nothing is definitely on the Houston Texans. But out of 31 teams in the NFL, let's say half of them contending for a championship heading into the 2021 season. You don't think there's not one team that's going to trade for J.J. Watt? Because just remember, in 2018, this is a guy who, who recorded 16 sacks. And if he didn't miss half the season last year, he would have at least gotten half of that in 2019. I'm pretty sure there's going to be somebody to look and say, hey, if you give us J.J. Watt in a trade, we're going to give you, I don't know, let's say two draft picks. I don't know. I'm not good at 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 making up trades or nothing. That's why I'm not a GM. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a journalist. But 
there's going to be some team to say, hey, you know what? If you give us J.J. Watt, we're going to give you X, Y, and Z, and the Texans will be in a better spot versus just letting him walk or, or just releasing him. I mean, if it, it's different if he walk in free agency, but for you to say the Texans should release him, that's like the ultimate, you know what? We had enough of you. Goodbye, good riddance, adios, so long, see you, sucker, possible visa, baby, kick rocks, and don't let the doorknob hit you where the good Lord split you. That That's what a release is, something like that. Like, no, you know, no, it's oh, not. No, because, no, no, I mean, no, no, no. We, just, we just traded DeAndre Hopkins for nothing, and what did he do to deserve that? But and I understand no that, but we didn't release DeAndre Hopkins. We traded DeAndre Hopkins. In his prime, which is just as bad. I 100% agree with you, but to say we're going to let J.J. Watt, a guy who has done a lot for this organization, to say that we're just going to let him walk. A guy, by the way, when once again, when he's healthy, he's still proving that he can be a great player, not only in this league, but to a team. All I'm saying is I do agree with you that at the end of this season or the end of next year, it's going to be time to part ways with J.J. Watt. Now, if the Texans can rework his deal and bring him back on a cheaper deal, then fine. You know, he he deserves to end his career as a Houston Texan. But if not, they need to find a trade partner. Because what I would not want to see happen is for the Texans to throw away Watts for nothing. He go join another team. And next thing you know, he wins the Super Bowl with this team. And it's like, damn, we could have got something out of J.J. Watt. Well, that's a part of the story of Houston. Same thing with Von Leach, Vontae Leach. Same thing with Jacoby Jones, who had a stellar Super Bowl performance, a playoff run with Baltimore. But neither what I'm one saying of those is, guys. At 32 years old, $17.5 million. Nobody's going to trade for that. Nobody. But neither one of those, neither one of those guys are one going to the Hall of Fame. And two, they're not on the level as JJ Watt. Understandable. But if you find somebody that's going to take on $17.5 million for a guy that's had three major surgeries. And we still have to see how he's going to play this year, right? Mind you, he has he makes fifteen and a half million dollars this year. I need to see between eight to ten sacks. He would have gotten eight sacks if he didn't sit out half the season. That's Again, what I'm that saying. It's not part, like that plays a part into like why JJ that does not Watt. make sense to trade for him. It's not like JJ Watt is. When he's on the field, he's half of the player that he was a year ago. That's not true. All I'm saying is he is when healthy, he is still able to be that 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 top tier defensive player. Half of JJ Watt is still better than half of the defensive ends in the game today. You saw how much of a difference he made in that playoff game against the Bills. Once again, he played eight games this season and recorded four sacks. If he would have stayed healthy and played all of the 16 games like he did in 2018, now, would he have gotten a 16? No, but he would have gotten at least 8 to 10. J.J. Watt, once again, is still better. Having him on, on your defensive line changed the dynamic of your defense. Now, as for the money standpoint, I understand what you're saying. You don't want to pay a guy that's over 30-something years old, 17 millions. I'm pretty sure if J.J. Watt, the Texans, can can work, work together and find him an actual team that wants to take a chance on him, let them figure out a way how to, how to rework their deal or whatever. But all I'm saying is it will be dumb for the Texans to let J.J. Watt walk away for nothing versus – Coming to him, hey, JJ, I think it's time for us to part ways with you, blah, blah, blah. 
give me a list of teams that you would like to play for. Let's see what we can work out for a trade partner so we can get something for you. You know, you mentioned half of J.J. Watt is better than half of the defensive ends in this league. J.J. Watt makes more than half of the defensive ends in this league. Money equates to what you need to bring. And last year, only played eight games. The year before that, yeah, he played 16 and had 16 sacks. The year before that, five games. The year before that, three games. Next year, he will be 32 years old and will be making $17.5 million. But once again, when he's healthy, he's still better than over half of the defensive ends in the league. If he also in, makes more than half. Of the <laughs> I understand that, but look how much. Even when he's not up to par of 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 being a top tier defensive end in this league, having him on your defensive line, you still have to pay attention to him. It's like, oh my God, that's still JJ Watt over there. He can still rack up three sacks in one game. He's not like a, a a below average defensive end that's that's going to go out there and not means nothing to your team. Like having him on that line, it once again it changes the dynamic of the defensive end. That alone adds value to what. But I'm telling you, out of 31 teams in the NFL, hell, all we have to do is just go down I-10 East. I'm pretty sure the Saints will love to take JJ Watt. How close they have been to a Super Bowl team. Can you imagine a defensive line with Cam Jordan and, and J.J. Watt on the same field at the same time? Yeah, I could imagine that. But then I would also have to imagine whether or not he would be on the field at the same time because of his injury history, especially for next year. Everything I'm saying is really based on what I am expecting to see from Justin James this season before I move on and get too far ahead. This season, for me, is the make or break year. Just like that last season we had with Andre Johnson, it was clear that, okay, if he wanted to stay, he would need a reduced role. If not, then boom, he was traded. I understand. That's how the business works. I thought Andre Johnson should have retired as a Texan without being traded, without going to uh, the Colts, without the, the circus that he had to go through. Same for J.J. Watt. We got to see it before we can believe it. Before closing, let me just say this. By the time Andre Johnson left, he was not as good as half of the receivers in the league. J.J. Watt, on a good day, is still better than half of the defensive ends in the league. If I'm the Texans, and if I believe 2020 is the last time we see J.J. Watt in a Texans uniform, I'm doing whatever I need to do to make sure we get something out of what we cannot let this guy go for nothing. Andre Johnson's last year in Houston, he had 936 yards off 85 catches for three touchdowns. He definitely could have came back. It just was time, at least in Bill O'Brien's mind. And at the end of the day, this is all who we are subjected to Bill O'Brien in his mind. But here's my question. At the time of that departure, didn't we already have an up-and-coming wide receiver guy named DeAndre Hopkins, which at the time was clear he was going to be our number one receiver? We did, and which and is I, why and, I and, said and not only answer this the question, Texans answer need this question. a continuous plan. Answer this question. At the time of Andre Johnson's departure, was he or was he not still a top-tier receiver in this league? Andre Johnson? 
Yeah, by the time he when he left no. Houston, his he last was, season. He was no longer in his top five form. Maybe not even top ten, depending on how you look at the offense. My point exactly. No. My point exactly. JJ and, Watt on a good day is still a top ten defensive end in this league. And again, we already had Hopkins who was up and coming. My point exactly is if we don't find a contingency plan to keep him around, then there's no reason to keep him around. You know, at the end of the day, whether he retired Texan or not, we are coming up to the end of the J.J. Watt era in Houston. And just wish so much that this damn franchise has not wasted another all-time great player's prime by the stupid decisions they have made. Hopefully, Deshaun Watson can break the curse. Hopefully, hopefully. And you know what? Speaking of stupid decisions... Before we get out of here, guys, let me say something. I know we don't like Bill O'Brien. I know we may disagree with almost everything he does. I know that it's frustrating to be a Texan fan right now, but it is never, I repeat, it is never okay to send death threats or threats of any kind, online or not. These things are serious, and at the end of the day, you are actually not you listeners out there, because I know Locked On Texans, we have the greatest listeners in the world and the smartest, but you're actually just a blip on the radar. And I say that in all humbleness because you're like a bus, you know, and one minute you're there, the next you're gone. And death threats will only get you to a place where you're not ever going to be able to come around. Enjoy this team. You know, the Texans are not doing anything as worse as the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, hey, <laughs> it could be worse. You could be fans of the Phoenix Suns. Forget the Phoenix not. Suns. How about the Sacramento Kings? That's you a little bit worse than the Phoenix Suns. You could be fans of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah, that, way, that's just, worse. They're revealing a jersey, a new jersey again, and I think it's their final form of boo-boo, but uh, nevertheless, just stop the death threats, but keep listening to Locked On Texas, where you can find me on Twitter, at some sports guy. Uh, got a suggestion, Cody, to watch Money Heist, and I know you don't oh, particularly Lord, care you because go, you don't watch TV, but I'm going to watch Money Heist starting Friday. And don't forget to follow Locked On Texans at Locked On Texans on Twitter. And please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Hey, guys, until tomorrow, you know what it is. Stay safe, stay sane, stay sanitized. Peace. Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.